Praise the Lord. This is Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. In the company of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are studied by all who delight in them. Splendid and majestic is his work. Or splendor and majesty is his work. And his righteousness endures forever. And then Psalm 117. Another psalm of praise. Praise the Lord, all ye nations. Laud him, all peoples. For his loving kindness is great toward us. And the truth and his faithfulness is everlasting. Praise the Lord. And I love that when it says his loving kindness, it says in one translation, prevails over us. His love prevails over us. It's, it's over us. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Because he's always watching over us, and he's so loving and good. He's a good father. And it's wonderful to know that we're not alone and that the battle is his and that we have the word and we have his name and the blood and everything we need to fight this battle, but we have to learn how to fight it. And... Um, I learned early on that this, that learning to use my faith for who I was in Christ meant more to me than just about having faith for anything, and that that's where my real battle was, because I had a very bad self-image, and so really, through my walk, that's a lot of what I can testify and and thank the Lord, because if I would have thought I would have been here... (laughs) doing this, I wouldn't have thought so at all, and I would have said, oh no, not me, but you know, God knows what he's doing, and he's pretty smart, and he does have things in control, and he's smarter than we are, and that's why we have to learn more about him, and listen to him, and learn to be a student of the word, and learn to do what he wants us to do, and um, you know, as Pastor John has been saying, and talking about renewing the mind, this is such a big thing. And in the kingdom of God, that's what it really takes faith to believe in, I, I think. Because for me, that's the most important thing that I could ever do with my mind. And that's the main thing that's helped me get through all the stages of life, all the seasons of life, and all the things you go through. And it's, it's something that, you know, like you don't want to leave home without your MasterCard. You don't want to leave home without him. Because <laughs> you need him. We need him. And we need him even more now as the day draws near. How much nearer and how much more do we need him? And how much do we need to pay closer attention and attend to his word and then be attentive so that we're not so distracted that we can't hear him when he speaks or hear his voice or know what he wants us to do because it does matter now more than ever. And um, so I think we have a commandment to, you know, we really do need to focus, focus, and, and stay the course. And he said to occupy until he comes back. Well, he's coming back soon, but we still have to occupy and do what we know to do and what's going to honor him 
and do the good things to reach out or to help other people or to get more people to come into the kingdom. Because that's the Great Commission. Matthew 9, 37 and 38, to send out the laborers. And you know, you can't be a laborer until you're so filled up with him that you want to give him to other people or you want them to find out. Because you need in yourself to have that confidence and that assurity because now people are arguing every which way. And there's so many antichrist spirits that, you know, you really do need to have that confidence. And um, so it behooves us to find out what we need to do. And faith really is just taking one step at a time. So all you have to do is know or to know is to take the next step. And we're supposed to trust the Lord, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. So in just taking the next step, that's all we have to be thinking about. It says, take no thought for the morrow. And I have found that to be so much more true in my life. Because it's too much to look ahead or it's too hard. You know, just one day at a time, when you learn to walk with him, is plenty to have on your plate. And then to really feel like you can walk with him. And so this is a journey I've been on for many years. And I think my husband had said that the book in him is really my favorite book besides the Bible. And I was just thinking the other day, and then I was thinking, well, you know, if you had a fire in your house, what would you take out with you? (laughs) My Bible. (laughs) And my book in him. (laughs) And... um, Seriously, if, if you know who you are in Christ and he's inside of you and you activate that, then it doesn't matter what you do without. And in the world that we're living in or what we may have to go through, it doesn't matter what you don't have or it doesn't matter because when you have him, you can generate anything new that you need. Because he's the creator and he lives in you. So we've got to renew our mind. Because in the renewing of your mind, that's how you know who you are in Christ. And that um, he's our hope of glory. And that's one of the scriptures I wanted to go to was, um, and I want to show you, I've worn this out, I had to tape it tonight. I've gone through more of these books but I got this at Rhema Bible Training. It's Kenneth Hagin's little book and him. I actually got a new one when I was somewhere the other day. So I'd have a new one to start on. But I, you know, they're in the bookstore. It's just a mini book. But I would admonish you, if you can, that I think it's, you know, a, a very worthwhile investment. And then to put it inside of you. And then you will end up believing And when you believe in your heart, the way it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, this is how you got saved. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in him in thy heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So that's how we got saved. It wasn't because we could see the Lord, our Savior. We heard about him. People prayed for us. Or we knew that there was something better. 
So we decided to trust God and then believe in our heart and then receive it, right? Well, that's all faith is, really. This is the basis of our faith, and that's why it's so important to believe, because in the believing is where the receiving comes in. So when you believe, you receive. And, you know, like if somebody handed you, if I handed Luann a book, if she didn't take it, it wouldn't be hers. But if she took it, she would receive it. <laughs> I, I got to give that to you. I'll get another new one. Thank you. <laughs> that because she took it, she received it. Now it's hers. It's not mine anymore. I gave it to her, but it's hers. So when it's yours, then you can have confidence. So that's what faith is. When you receive something, it's yours. So think of that a gift. So maybe the thing to do is to think of it this way, too. That this is the season of the year where everything's green and growing and things are sprouting and coming up again and people are planting and this is the time for new things to get in your garden if you can put them in your garden and if you're a gardener and um, it's called sowing and reaping in the kingdom of God so you can sow these little tiny seeds that come in a packet and you have to be so careful that you don't lose them have you ever noticed that when you get all these little seed packets that I forgot to bring them tonight. I got, got a whole bunch of them. And uh, when you take them out of the packet, they are so little, you can lose them. They are really little. And you think, wow, just out of that, you know, as tiny as a mustard seed or tinier are these little seeds. But when you prepare the ground and you dig a hole or whatever it tells you to do with them, and you put them in and then you water them and then you watch them grow until you can reap a great harvest of whatever it is you want to plant. And so we should be really good about doing that with what we do. And I have to confess, it's very hard for me to, I, I can get the renewing of the mind, and but the confession part is harder for me. Not about this, about who I am in Christ, but confessing some other things about just confession but these two really kind of go hand in hand because with the renewing of your mind it's also then your confession because you believe and it goes down in your heart and then when it comes up again you confess and you say who you are in Christ and that's the other part of it so to reap the harvest to plant good crops and get what you want to come And that's what will change things in people's lives. And we don't realize how much it will. And it's the hardest thing to do. I think it really is hard because I've struggled with that for a long time too. But um, so think of it as what I'm going to share with you. Let's just take a little, you know, pretend you're going on a little journey and throw out all the other things you know and just think of, this as planting seeds that this can change your mind but you have to get it into you and do what I said 
And I just want to show you that because my husband was a lawyer and because I know he presents good cases of the word of God and he can do it line upon line and, and, and everything that I've, when I was looking at this and knowing what he was preach, teaching on in the Bible study, I was like, oh, this, this fits so well because it's an aspect of renewing your mind. And it's also cause and effect. And you know how he said every word is so important. So in a lot of these things I'm reading, you can see that because of what Jesus did on the cross, because this is a very special time of the year, and we're celebrating Palm Sunday this Sunday, and then Easter Sunday, and the resurrection of our Lord... It's very special. And in doing that, we can think because of what he did, therefore, we have what we have. And that in itself is the whole basis, too, of of our faith. Because we didn't get it on our own, and it's not because we're so good. It's not because we do everything right all the time. But it's because it's a loving father who loves his children and who wants them to prosper, have good success, and have life and life more abundantly. And um, so in studying this, I started to, the, the first scripture I want to give you, and if you can, just write them down. You don't have to look at them all right now because I'm going to read them out of the book of in him, just to make it a little bit easier. But if you don't look them up now, please write them down and then look them up later, because it'll help you when you study this and just follow it out, because then it'll make more sense and you meditate on it and it'll become more real to you. Uh, the first one is Colossians 1, 26 and 27. Oh, when we were uh, on vacation in January... I was reading a book, and I think we have it in the bookstore now. It's called, um, it's A.W. Tozer. He was a a man from uh, generations ago, but he wrote uh, something about knowing God. I can't remember the, the pursuit of God. That's it. Thank you, Pastor Ray. It's the pursuit of God. And, um, And that was in there, and that made it so much more real to me, too, And the scripture is, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest in his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it just, I mean, I've been in this for a while in the word and this walk with God and all of a sudden it just hit me in a new way that this really is the mystery you know he doesn't want it to be a mystery but that's been the mystery who we are in Christ Jesus when you see it that way and you turn your mind around and think about it that's the mystery it's Christ in you the hope of glory it's not really about us we're free, in a way, to um, 
just be more like him and to walk out the process of our salvation and keep going because of him in us, that he's the good news. He's the gospel and he's the good news. And that is what is worth, that's the treasure. That's what you have that really no one can take away from you because the world didn't give it to you and the world can't take it away. There's a song about that. But you see, once you have him in your heart, you have everything you need because he is everything. And he is everything you will need. He's brought you through so many things. I mean, he's brought us through so many things. And he's enriched our life so much. He's, he's just, you know, been that ever-present help in time of need. And the person that we, you can turn to, he sticks closer than a brother. His name is Jesus. He is wonderful. He is wonderful. And I don't, I don't know where I would be without him. He is awesome. He has been such a God to me and so wonderful. Uh, Philippians 4.19 is the next scripture. And this is, says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He's saying all. Not some of it, not maybe sometimes, not maybe if you do the right things, maybe not, you know, depending on how you've been today or how you were feeling. No, it says he'll supply all your needs. And it's according to, and and see, because of that, and therefore, it's according to his riches and glory. I mean... And that's, we don't even know, that's sort of unfathomable in the natural mind. But nothing's too hard for him. And he's God. And with man it might be impossible, but with God all things are possible. So that means all of our needs can be supplied. Because he is the provision. One of his names is Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. What a loving God who would have all these names to encompass all the greatness of the qualities and the character that he has to be a father. And one of his names is also El Shaddai. And that's the many-breasted one. So he's father and he's mother. He's all of it, all rolled into one. So anything you're needing... You, it can be supplied. And another part of this that I think is really good is that his, his provision shall be seen. We're going to see his provision even more in the days that we're living in because he's gonna, there are going to be suddenlies or little things that are going to happen that are going to just be, you're going to know or think, well, that must have been God, you know, or how did that happen? Or, wow, you know, and you, you just think, wow, he, he's going to take care of his people. And we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And he's the good shepherd. His name is so wonderful. He has so many good names. 
But to Jehovah Jireh, that's my provision. And his provision shall be seen. That's Jehovah Jireh. Now, so when you think about it in terms of presenting a case or pleading my case for this, and because being married to Pastor John, I didn't realize how this had rubbed off on me until I was doing this. And I'm saying, wow, he's not even here. (laughs) I said, are you sure? I really want you to be here. (laughs) No, it's got a meeting. But uh, (laughs) because, because of whatever it says, therefore we have, right? Because Jesus died, took all of our sin and everything that was not good, he took it all, all upon himself. And why did he do that? Because he loved us. He loved his people, so he was willing to do that, to send his only son, and to to do that just for us. That's pretty humbling. And, um, And so, therefore, we have eternal life. We have health instead of sickness. We can have... um, uh, Things instead of poverty, we don't have to be poor or in poverty. We have so many things just because because he did this great thing for us. And, you know, especially this time of year, please, you know, just meditate or think about it because, um, you know, it really, it helps us to think more sacrificially and to realize the price that he paid, you know, and what would we be willing to pay? We have a great opportunity with a fast coming and, you know, to just draw near to him, to know him more and to let him become dearer to us because of the price he paid for us that we can give back to him and honor him in, in whatever we can do for him to do our part in the Great Commission so that was number two, Philippians 4.19. And then number three would be Ephesians 1.3. This is a good one, too. Of course, they're all wonderful and good. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all, there's that word again, Spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Because he did that, it's ours. It said, so there's another because, therefore, take it, it's mine. I have it now, it's mine. Faith is always now. So you want to re- anything you want by faith, you're going to know if you're doing it now. Like Luann received the book. And it was hers. Now I was glad to give it to you. <laughs> and uh, so you've got to know that that it's now, and that faith is now, so you can make it yours. And it says, "Who hath blessed us?" Doesn't mean he's going to. He's going to wait till heaven, till the sweet by and by. It means he's going to take care of us and bless us. Now, 
Now, because what he has, we have, and what he can do, we can do, and who he is, he's in us. So all these things apply. We just get talked out of it. We just, the enemy's main purpose is to distract us, to get us to doubt and unbelief and everything that's going on, to tell us the messages about it, so that we won't think that we really have authority or that it can be ours. You know, what we have need of or what's going on in our life or whatever we're going to need. But he said he's blessed us with it. I'm just going to read this because it's so good what it says. It says, notice it doesn't say he's going to bless us with anything, but that he already has. This means that in Christ Jesus, from the time you are born again... Until you step out into eternity, he has already made provision for you. Everything you need, he has blessed you with. It is yours. In the mind of God, it is already yours. So find his provisions. Because of that, therefore, find his provisions for his children. Where? In the word. All the promises of God are in the Word. And that's why you need to read the Bible, too, because whatever you need is going to be in the Word. And you're going to hear His voice when you read the Word. And you're going to... Everything will get in right order when you read the Word. You have to read the Word. Because the Word and the Spirit go hand in hand. But the Word is first. It always has to be first and foremost. So that in his word, you make them become a reality in your life in Christ to the glory of God the Father. Um, this is just a little sidetrack, but to add to that, in Romans twelve two, uh, why do we do this? Because we want to honor God because it says, do not be conformed to the things of this world. But... Be transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove what is that good and perfect will of God. So that can be his will of God for you, but it's his perfect will. So he already has it out there for us. It's just our job to get in the book, to read the book and get acquainted with him and his love. And for us, and then his promises, and what he has done for us. And all this honors God. Because you see, in the world today, we're, we're the best testimony of anything. Because people that have been around, they've seen it all. They don't trust people. Um, and, and especially the things they've heard and and about the church things, too. They're not as trusting. So it's us being the witness. It's not what we say. It's what we do. That's going to make the difference for people. It really is. It's how much you care. They're not going to listen to you until they know how much you care. They're not going to just, you know, accept everything you say. So that's why it's so important that our walk with God stays stays the right way and that everything is in order in our life 
or that we're doing the things that are of integrity and character and not trying to get away with stuff. Because, you know, that is so, it's just, it's sad. It really is. The church has gotten such a bad name, and it, it really is sad because, you know, we have the potential to be such great warriors, people, we, to be famous. I mean, we could be, we could do so many great things, you know, if, if all of us working together, like the Tower of Babel. That's why it's so important to come to church because there's a corporate anointing when everybody's here and you can't get the same thing by listening to the tape. It's good. But there is an anointing and it says, don't forsake the assembly. And I shouldn't tell you because you're here. And I appreciate that because I know you do care or you wouldn't be here. So that's wonderful because Wednesday night, I think the hardiest people come out who you really want to know or you know want to know God. And that's wonderful. And so it's so important in the days that we're living in not to forsake the assembling of the brethren. Because we really need each other and that encouragement and the lifting and the strengthening and the word going forth. So we can keep our minds straight and focused and, you know, there's such a battle, such a battle. Believe me, I know. There's such a battle for the mind and that's why it is so important and it is a battle because... But, but we win because he said we could. And if we have the weapons and we wear our armor and we do the things he tells us to do and listen to his voice and, and, and stay close to him, then we won't be uh, wondering what's going on or where, what happened or where did everybody go. LAUGHTER You don't want to be left behind. (laughs) Okay. And now the fourth point, and I'm taking all this from the book in him, is Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I never understood that uh, until a few years ago that it got personal to me. I don't know if I'm supposed to share. (laughs) I don't think about any of my secrets. (laughs) I like to go to Starbucks, but I don't go there very often anymore. But there was a time when I guess I was having a down day. And I thought a cup of coffee would help, so I went to Starbucks. And um, usually I just go in and out and get the coffee, unless I want to sit for a minute and read this or something. But I do like Starbucks coffee. 
It's the best. There is a difference. I'm sorry. Sorry. I had to say that. Um, and he was, you know, and I was just feeling very useless, valueless, like, oh, my, is that all there is? What is going on, you know? I don't feel very useful. And it was almost like he was tapping me on the shoulder saying, why don't you let me show you how I want you to do things and let me, you know, why don't you just walk with me and let me show you some things. It was like, wow, did that sound good? And it happened in Starbucks. (laughs) I thought that was pretty neat because God does have a sense of humor. He thought he could get me. I was quiet, and <laughs> I don't. No, he he has a sense of humor, but because he's so good, from that moment on, things did happen, and I really, no, I really, um, there was more of him in my life. My walk started to get a little different, but it was because I was I was listening to him, and I was getting attentive to him. Because it says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Well, what an awesome thing that is, that he did it all for us. And he was crucified, dead, and buried, and raised from the dead. But yet I don't have to try to do it. Because, see, all my efforts didn't work. Everything I thought I should do, everything I thought I should be, none of it was really his plan. And how many of us could really look honestly and think that? Or if there's a point in your life where you just think, wow, is that all there is? Is Something's just not clicking, you know? And I have to say, that's where I was. But he just came and tapped me on the shoulder and made it so up close and personal, I was like blown away. And from that moment on, I knew I had a different walk with the Holy Spirit and that He was going to show me things and that I didn't have to do it. He was going to show me how to do it or he was going to do it through me. He just wanted to use me. And so when I became obedient, which takes a while sometimes, it's a process. And when I, but I heard him because he did something special to do that. And it was my time and my process to, to whatever. And You know, it's just been wonderful because now I'm living, but it's like I'm just living through him and his faith that's already in me. And you can think of it so many different ways. And, And it's just so much better to look through his glasses and to get his thoughts. Not that I'm doing it all perfectly, of course, but that it's so much better to let go of yourself and really give yourself to him. And it says, you know, make yourself a living sacrifice. That's really what he says in Romans 12, is we're to make ourselves a living sacrifice. So I'd rather count for him and count for something than just spinning my wheels and then find out I'm not really doing what he wanted me to do anyway. You know, I, it's just, you know, that I, I didn't want to be there. And so it's, it's so worthwhile to 
let him get your attention. But, you know, to do that, you have to be still and you have to be quiet. And the world is so noisy and so loud. I don't need to know that I need to go there, but everything is just so at such a pace and it's so noisy. And sometimes I'm just thankful that I was more alone and I wasn't involved in work or doing something so busy all the time. Maybe I heard his voice more. I don't know. But, you know, or I needed him more. But it was just so awesome because there's nothing as wonderful as that relationship with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit and knowing God as your Father. And so it's worth everything you can do to make this happen, I think. It's the best investment of your life, and it gives great returns because you want it to count. You want to invest wisely, and believe me, he's worth everything. He is worth it all. He really, really is. And um, now on the back of the book, it has a, a, a bit of scriptures and it'll give you a list of scriptures when you get this book. This would probably be the best book you could invest in, too. Please get it if you can. I wish we could give them to everybody, but I didn't think of it. <laughs> and my husband would have to approve it. So. <laughs> he probably would. Maybe. <laughs> um, is that um, there are scriptures in Christ... It's got them by categories, and then it lists all the scriptures in him, in the beloved, in the Lord. It's all the different ways it's phrased in the Bible to be in him and him and you. In whom? By Christ, by him, by himself, by his blood, by whom, from whom, of Christ, of him, through Christ, through him, with Christ, with him. By me, in me, in my love, and in his name. So it's just unsearchable. It's one of the unsearchable riches of Christ. That's why it's a mystery. And I think that is so awesome that he would reveal that mystery to us. Like gold, you know, if you seek him, you'll find him. You've got to seek him and really want it. And... But this is the way to renew our mind. This is the key. This is like having a key to the kingdom, really, is renewing of our mind. Because when you believe in your heart, then you can confess with your mouth. And in this book, it will be the scripture, then it will be a confession that you can say over yourself who you are in Christ. And And some of it, it will give you an explanation to describe it more also to you, but um, it's just an awesome treasure, and he's really the treasure, and um, I think that, oh, there's one other book I wanted to recommend also. I was going through McDonald's today to get a cup of coffee. I like their coffee, too. (laughs) This is going to sound terrible. Better strike this from the record. (laughs) Their coffee isn't so strong. So I decided after lunch I could have that. Um, (laughs) But I went through the McDonald's, the drive-thru, to tell them when you're going to order. And all of a sudden I looked up and there's this huge 
huge truck carrying things like food or something, a big truck with everything on the side, the writing, and on the top of it, it said Dennis Burke. And I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it because there's a book in the bookstore, right, Pastor Ray? Meditating in the Word, I think it's the name of it. Correct me if you remember. It's by Dennis Burke. It's a little pocket book. It's not very big, but it's a little taller than this, and it's called Meditation in the Word. I saw that name today, and I said, I think you want me to tell them about that book. <laughs> I mean, it was just right there, this huge big truck. And it was the funniest thing to see that name on it, because it didn't look like it went with the truck at all. I mean, <laughs> it was... It was like a food truck or something, and I'd never seen anything like it. And I said, oh, wow. So that is a really good book about meditation, and I'm sure I didn't mean to be so silly. Thank you. So... Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, find your treasure and seek him and listen to him and obey his voice. And we're on our way. It's, a, it's an exciting journey. It's great. Well, I thank you for coming tonight and thank you for your attention. I think I might be ending just a little early, but thank you.